Hello people and welcome to your weekly episode of the Two Half Show. Joining me as usual after our special on Monday uh, is Osama. Osama's back this week. How are you doing my bro? You good? Yeah man, it's good to be back man. How are you? Too bad, not too bad. Um, I want to give a big shout out to everyone for the support on the uh, special on Monday, the Man United special. Uh, give us ideas guys for any specials that you want us to see us do. Uh, that could be focusing on another club uh, in detail. That could be focusing on, on, on a certain topic. That can be anything. Um, of course, as we mentioned last week, we'll be bringing you some World Cup content soon. Abdul will be joining us uh, for that. Uh, so we look forward to that. But for this week, we've got a number of to- uh, talking points that obviously we're bringing this slightly later in the week as usual. Just witnessing Inter Milan v- beating Victoria Pilsen, uh, which means Barcelona are out of the Champions League. So that'll be uh, where we start. Um, also, there's many storylines from the NFL and the NBA as well uh, after that started this week that we'll be bringing you. Um, so, Sam, let's get started with what we're looking at at the moment, and that is Barcelona, for the second consecutive season, are going to be dropping down to the Europa League. What are your initial thoughts on that? Obviously, a lot of people saw this coming after last week, but uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think I'd have to be honest and critical. I think they deserve that in Champions League. I think they've not been good enough. They've played against Bayern and Inter. And yeah, they've looked like second best in both games. They've had they played well against, I'd say, Bayern in the first game. But I think they just weren't clinical enough compared to Bayern. And I think that's cost them in the end compared to Bayern Munich and Inter where they've been more clinical and they've dominated the games that they've won. It's probably similar against Inter Milan. Um, I think that last game, especially where we saw, we saw Barcelona have a lot of chances. Um, and it was probably more about like the defensive issues that they ended up conceding yeah. a lot because they ended up scoring goals. Obviously, Lewandowski kind of tried his best to get them out of that. But don't you think it's kind of crazy after that huge summer that they had and all the financial issues that came with it and so on that they find themselves in kind of the same situation as last year? I think the question I have to fire back at you is: it Xavi any good for him? Is he their manager to go to? That's an interesting one, though, because. Mm. Because I th- I feel like in any other situation with with the kind of the super team that they do have, the manager would be getting questioned and would would kind of at this point after you know the exit is confirmed, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see any other club kind of sack their manager or even Barcelona sack the manager if it was but, someone else. Yeah, I do think with Xavi as well as any other club kind of with their former managers, there's always a bit more leeway. Um, yeah, and that's understandable, and I'm fine with that. But I I do, I do agree with you. I do think that. We mentioned in our Champions League preview that it wouldn't surprise us if Barcelona dropped down, and, and that's exactly what, what's happened. Uh, I think the league form might play a bit more kind of in the decision-making with what happens with Xavi, but I think he's there to stay at the moment. But but don't you think even on the players it's a failure, given the, the quality of players yeah, that they've of course. signed? Uh, of course, 100%. I think if you look at the players that they signed during the summer, you'd think these guys would be at least challenging for quarter-final, semi-final stage. They've got a world-class strike in Lewandowski. They've got quality signings in Rafinha. And even Usman Dembele now re-signing his contract. He's looked really well. In, yeah, he's been phenomenal, to be fair but, to him, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and I think if you look at the players individually, they look like a complete different team co- compared to where they were a couple of years ago. But I think the difference with Barcelona is that they don't have balance in the team. Looking at their team itself, defensively, they look shaky. Midfield, they've got really quality players, individual players in, for example, Frankie, Gavi, Pedri, Busquets. And then up front, they look lethal going forward, but 
it's just that defensive stability they don't have. They don't have, I don't know whether it's a certain defensive midfielder in Kessa who they signed, but they're not really playing as much. Or it's just Xavi getting his tactics wrong. In uh, the La Liga itself, most teams are frightened of Barcelona and they allow them to have majority of the ball in terms of possession. Whereas in Champions League, you're, play, you're playing against hard opponents, more quality players. And I don't know whether it's the pressure that the players are feeling or Xavi's tactically getting it wrong. Yeah, I, I think you highlighted it perfectly there, kind of the, the imbalance in their performances. I do agree with you that defensively is probably where their issue lies. And on the defensive midfielder point as well, like today I've seen that there, there's there's some news going around that there's they're close to signing Neves, whether that be in January or the summer. But again, it kind of, with him, I still have the question, is he an out-and-out defensive midfielder? And I don't know whether he mm. is. And, and to be fair, like Frankie de Jong, for example, has been performing quite well this season. But again, it's he, I feel like all of their options that they play at defensive mid are almost like the second guy in a pivot rather than the main yeah. kind of holding midfielder. So I, I do agree with you on, on where their, their issues lie. I do think despite that, expectations were for them to, to like you said, make a quarterfinal at least. Yeah. And I think with Xavi, there will be questions for sure. Um. I just, I just think we have to see how they do for the rest of the season. Do you think that they, they do have a chance of, of winning the the title in Spain? Because I feel like with Madrid, the, the Madrid are, are incredible. Like we watched their game against Sevilla last week, of course. Uh, but I, I do feel like there's a little bit of weakness there that if Barcelona were able to capitalize on, they could, they could win the league. And it just doesn't seem like they're gonna do it. I think firstly, I wanna go back to your other point in terms of them wanting to sign Ruben Neves. I think if they do, it just shows tactically whether Xavi himself is a good enough manager to either improve the current players that they have or fit in a system where their players themselves, for example, Busquets or Kese, can actually benefit from the team. It questions whether Xavi is actually good enough to manage the team. Or to, to uh, get by, but the best out of the players yeah, he currently and exactly. has. Again, yeah. and if, but I think going to your point, I think they should realistically within the Europa League be pushing forward. Yeah, that that's an interesting. I think they are automatically favourites for the Europa League given the the level of their squad. But then again, we saw last year. You know, they didn't lose to you know, they didn't even lose to kind of any of the better teams that were in the competition. They lost to Frankfurt. So even w- with these additions, I think uh, personally, in my opinion, I think any not winning the Europa League is a failure on their yeah. part because I think they are clearly better than any of the other teams. And that's from me as a United fan with you know United in the competition. I just feel like with their eleven, yeah, you you have to kind of win that I, no matter. Yeah, what I think I think you're right in in the sense of they have the best eleven, but do they have the best manager to take them to the Europa League final? That's the question in itself. Yeah, of course. I think there's no excuses though. I'll be honest. I, yeah. I do think there's no excuses. If if they don't at least make a final, the then I do I do think they might end up questioning Jaffe's position. To be fair. Moving on to kind of a more positive story from the Premier League. Newcastle United are flying, doing amazingly at the yeah. moment. Wow. Um, and it has to be noted, it's without their record signing Isaac, who's, who's injured, to be fair. So honestly, like, I think when the Saudi takeover happened um, a year ago, there were probably question marks as to how long it would take for them to kind of get to the top. And how how aggressive they would do it? Would they kind of go like Man City did, where they were signing all these stars? And they haven't gone around doing that. They've they've bought in a manager in Eddie Howe, who a lot of people questioned at the time, but now you know it looks like an amazing appointment. 
and and they've given him the ability to sign players he wants, not necessarily the biggest names. Names like Dan Byrne, who's been a revelation at left back. Yeah. Callum Wilson has finally gone through a period without being injured and he's performing. Do you think they can be a challenge to the other top six and, and kind of secure a place in Europe? I think initially, going to your first point, I think Newcastle itself now looks like a club that's run from top to bottom, where the hierarchy themselves, the chairmans, they don't get involved in the transfer business. 100%, They're, yeah. And it looks like certain teams in the Premier League should take that in, into principle. For example, like United or lesser clubs where the chairmans and the owners are more involved in the transfer business rather than what the coach wants himself. And I think given anyhow that freedom, it kind of relieves any pressure of him because he's signed the players that he wants. He's probably analysed them well enough to know whether he'd fit into their system or not. And I think, yeah, he's done really well for that. I think looking at how they've started the season, I would not be surprised if they make top five, top six. I think a Europa League spot would be amazing for them. After being out from Europe for so long, uh, I think it'd be a good stepping stone for them. And yeah, they can add some players in during the summer or even giant transfer window and maybe even push higher for that. But I think Europa League would be the best aim for them. And yeah, I think they've set up really well this year, defensively and offensively. Uh, to be fair to you, you did predict them finishing sixth. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know whether they would they would push for the top four. They're currently in the top four. You know, we have to mention that. But it is very tight at the top of the Premier League at the moment. You know, I think between Arsenal in, in first and United in, in sixth, uh, yeah. there's only eight points. So like a win or a loss can change a lot. At this stage of the season, you can't take them out of that conversation, of course. Yeah. I do think eventually, though, the the question mark on whether they make uh, a Europa League spot for me is is how Liverpool perform. If Liverpool can get back to kind of winning ways and, and performing consistently, then then I think I'm sure that they would occupy one of the top six spots. But if they don't, listen, Newcastle are there for any of the top six slip up, whether that be United, Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool, anyone slips up, Newcastle are there to, to take that place. And I think the the good point you made is this would be the summer that they would go big if they made a European spot because we've yeah. seen smaller clubs who make the Europa League struggle the following season with their with their squad size. So that's a, that's a very good point. I do think not only would they have the ability to sign bigger names, but they will have to probably bring in a number of players to kind of cover for that squad. I have been very impressed with Eddie Howe specifically. Yeah. Um, I think in a lot of games they've tactically set up perfectly. Uh, in a way to to get the most out of the players that they do have, especially when when they have injuries to a lot of big players. I think what, what what's really clever about Eddie Howe is that he's always adapted to the players that he has. And for example, like you stated earlier, uh, the star signing in terms of Isaac not being playing or not injured, they've changed and suited the team to benefit Callum Mawson. Where now look at him, he's he's doing really well. He's scoring goals, and maybe he's even pushing to even get into the England squad. Uh, rumors going around that he can actually push in because yeah, he's, I think he's he really can definitely well. make it if if he stays fit. But I think it's it's all down to Eddie Howe and how tactically he changes for each game and how he sets his team up. And I think as Newcastle supporters would say, they're more excited as well as surprised as to how well he's done this year. And I think credit to him. Yeah, and I think uh, until we see him kind of hit a ceiling, I don't think Newcastle ch- should you know, reconsider his position because we see it a lot of the times like there's a bit of a rush when a team's performing well to bring in a big name manager or someone. I think they should let it ride out. They should let him bolster his philosophy more 
um, give him the authority needed, and and they've done that so far. And I think that that you can only work out as a positive uh, to them. So it's definitely a story to look out for how they perform and and if they continue to to kind of be in there with the big boys. I I really hope they do. I I don't mind Newcastle as a club, and and for me personally, I think the more competition at the top, the better. It is it can be a bit annoying, you know, as a fan of one of these clubs. Like if Liverpool were to miss out on on like European football because of them or United or something yeah. obviously we'd be annoyed but at the same time I think uh, as a general point it is probably a good good thing coming on to kind of a, a less of a positive story from the Premier League and this is I guess the nature of the beast that two a couple of wins and everyone is praising you and a couple of losses and everyone is kind of criticizing you but Spurs at the moment are looking a bit shaky and you know let's give them the credit where it's due they are still you know third in the table but like we said it is very tight I think Conte is the, the issues he's facing is is the ones that kind of a lot of people saw coming that with his style you're eventually going to run into a run of games where you're getting dominated um, and yeah. you're not winning games. Do you think that he's committed enough to Spurs? I think the, the thing is with Conte is that within each club that he goes to he's not there long term and I think Tottenham knew that full well going into the contract negotiations with him. I think they knew full world they needed part-time fix, maybe a full-time fix in terms of their stability in the Premier League and wanting to push for the Champions League spots. And Conte is a serial winner. He will win you trophies if you give him the time. I think Spurs' track record is is kind of slim because they don't really give enough managers enough time. Except I don't for even think the issue is with time of this because I think Conte would walk away before Spurs sack him. I think the biggest it's, issue... Yeah. Honestly, I think the biggest issue with, with Conte is that wherever he goes, he's similar to Mourinho in that you bring him in knowing full well you have to fully support him. Spurs have done that. But the issue is when he leaves, if he leaves, well, you know, his contract's up at the end of the season. Like, let's be honest, he's most likely he's going to leave. You're left with a group of players that suit his style but will not suit the, you know, the, the next manager going forward. And I think that was my issue with him coming in last season when he was linked with United. That's why I didn't want him anywhere near us. And I feel like we've, we've kind of won that side of it rather than having him come in and then someone yeah. else and, and kind of things being imbalanced. We we wrote it out last season. We said, okay, we'll take the pain of it. And we've bought in someone who's got a project in Ten Hag and, and we're, we're seeing the fruits already from it. Do you, do, you, do you think if he leaves at the end of the season, Spurs will have issues with whoever comes in? I think, of course, I think... Even Tottenham fans would say that they'd want someone long-term. And I think the reason why they love Poch is because they saw the progress that he made. Whereas with Conte, they know for a while that he's only there part-time. I think that's an issue with the board themselves. But I think the biggest worry for Tottenham is the comments that Conte makes. And in his post-match interviews and even his press conferences, where he just states that he doesn't have the best of players maybe to kind of improve him. And maybe he's right in the sense where for example, if you look at Spence that signed within Nottingham Forest, a really good right back in the championship, he's not being given enough time or a chance in Tottenham's first team. And, and he's one and of the players that Conte made comments about, to be fair. Yeah, and, and it's kind of worrying where the player that you wanted to sign, you signed, and now you're making statements that you've not signed the best players or you don't have enough to compete with the big boys such as like United, Chelsea, City or so on. Tottenham fans would say that Firstly, the, the way of playing is kind of worrying because they're not really seen entertaining or... Dominating football. Yeah, and secondly, you've got certain players within the team where they would thrive 
under a different manager. For example, look at Son Hyung Min. He's not had the best of starts this season, whether that's due to Tottenham and Conte playing a different system or whether it's just the player himself. It's, it's worrying for Tottenham fans. Time will tell. And if he does go in the summer, like you said, when his contract ends, I think the best man for them to replace would have to be Pochettino. Oh, that's an interesting one. The return of Pochettino to Spurs. Pochettino has definitely had a hit against his 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 reputation recently, especially with the PSG job and so on. Do you think that would work, him returning? They say never go back. I think in this instance, Tottenham fans would love to have him back. The board would love to have him back. And he himself, now that he went to PSG, he's experienced working with better players in terms of Neymar, Mbappe and bigger egos. He probably knows now how to deal with them in terms of how to man-manage them. That, that would be an interesting storyline, to be fair, especially with the fact that they probably need a bit of rebuilding. And I think Pochettino, the one thing he is good at is is maybe even if it's not challenging or winning titles, it's definitely the rebuilding phase um, at clubs. I think he's very good at that. I think we'll leave it there with football. Um, there's There's definitely a lot of things to discuss. Like we said, the World Cup's coming up. We'll be bringing your World Cup preview soon where we discuss the, the, all the favourites, the storylines that are potentially going to be coming out of it. Um, for now, let's, let's move on to the association. And it's been the first week of the NBA, obviously because of the number of games that you know, are played in an NBA season. It's very easy to kind of overreact and so on. But So what we're going to do is kind of look at it as more of a week-to-week basis and, and look back at every week as it comes. From this opening weekend, Osama, who would you say has been your kind of most impressive team that, that stood out for you? I think for me, I'm going to have to say Portland Trailblazers. They've been quite impressive in, number one, the results that they've, they've been getting. They're the only team with 4-0. And the big man himself, Damian Lillard, is putting on a show. He's done really well in terms of coming back from injury and producing the numbers that he has, 33, 5-5. And, and the thing is that kind of shocked me as to the Trailblazers themselves, because usually they don't do really well at the start, but it's that they've beaten the big boys in terms of the Suns, the Lakers, and Nuggets. It just goes to show maybe this could be a season where they could ideally nick a spot in the playoffs or even or even make a run if they have a star player come in during a trade. Right, that, you think? That's an interesting one. I think, yeah, they they probably do need a trade to make a run. I've been I've been shocked, to be fair. I don't think a lot of people expected Portland to, to come out and um, perform the way they have. A lot of people probably had them kind of in the Wimbenyama stakes, you know, one of the teams that's probably going to hope for a pick. And and they might still do, obviously, it's early, but to be the only team that's that's 4-0, you know, obviously we've got the Bucks who are 2-0, but out of the teams that have played four games, they're the only team that's won every single game. They they remain unbeaten. I think it's it's impressive, to be fair. And, you know, like you said, shout out to Dame, who's who's been performing uh, at a crazy level. Uh, for me personally... I think Boston. Um, oh, okay. With the Udoka drama over over the last kind of few weeks, a mm. lot of people thought because you know before that they were a team that that was good but never kind of scared anyone. And with him coming in, he found a formula that that worked. And I wondered if they were going to be affected by that, but they seem unaffected by that. Again, you know, out of four games, they're three and one. Uh, Miami and Philly were part. You know, some of the teams that they've beaten. Jason Tatum, you know, has. Has kind of taken the the underperformance in the finals and added to it, and um, he's performing at a very good level at the moment, averaging thirty two eight and three. Jalen Brown is all well, shout out to him. He's he's contributing. I I I like the way they've done, and uh, with them, it's they're at that stage now where 
they have to take that next step from, okay, we've made the finals now. Yeah. Can we win it next time? Listen, they've shown that they can make a finals, which in itself is amazing, especially for a young group of players. Can they win it? And that that's the challenge for them this season. Just making a finals again isn't, you know, won't scratch the itch for them. But if they, if they were to win it, then they can start cementing their names kind of at the top. Do you think they can even push again for the playoff spot or even get to the finals? I think they're definitely going to make the playoffs. Um, I think, you know, with them, they might even finish top of the the, the Eastern Conference. My favourites for for the East, you know, I said the 76ers last week, they haven't had the best week to start. But from the 76ers' point of view, we've seen James Harden return to the old James Harden. Yeah. And maybe that's been kind of to the detriment of, of the rest of the team a little bit. But I think if they can find the right balance, like James Harden at the moment is Houston Harden. Uh, and it's lovely to see as well. Yeah, for for him personally, of course, but his usage rate is so high. So if the perfect balance is the Brooklyn Harden, if they can get Brooklyn Harden, I think they can really challenge. And and if with, for them, it's just about getting to the winning ways. But the Bucks have been efficient. Everyone's yeah. been quiet on them. You obviously said you had them going to the finals. I think they probably are the favourites. Um, so it's for Boston. It's all about can we overtake all of these teams? Uh, you know, we've t- we've talked about the teams. Is there a specific player for you that stood out? Uh, for me, I've got to stick to my boy, Jam Morant. I think at the start of the season, he's been quite impressive. I think he's been getting an average of 35, 4 and 7. And for someone, I think for someone so young, leading the scoring in the NBA is a massive credit to himself. Maybe his off-season training has gone really well. And yeah, you've got to give it to him. He's kind of taken more of like a leadership role within the team itself i think they look more organized and you see his work rate going up and down within the court the blocks that you saw during the midweek oh, and that, that was an amazing block yeah, yeah and for someone so young he, it looks like he's been in the nba for for more than a few years and and yeah i think if he keeps his form as he has at the start of the year i think they can maybe even push for the finals but who do you think's the stand-up player for you um, you you went for the leading scorer. I'm gonna go for the second leading scorer. Not a lot in it, to be fair. But Luka Doncic, bro, thirty four, nine, and seven. He's, Listen, he's ridiculous, man. Bro, I kind of held back from from praising Luka in the last couple of seasons because his usage rate was so high, despite his numbers being high. But I think this season they've taken, they've given him the right pieces around him in 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 the team with the Mavs and. Bro, he's been unstoppable, and you know his passing ability is is incredible, oh, right? Mate. He he's almost obviously we're not comparing the level because there's you know valleys and mountains for him to get to that point, but it, you know the profile of him as a player it is like LeBron. He's someone who's going to drive. He's someone who's you know he's got a good shot, but maybe not perfect. But at the same time, he's going to one of the best passes in the game, and we we've seen it with the number of assists that he is getting this season. And yesterday, the assist off the floor is just stupid. ridiculous. So yeah. Luke has really, really impressed me. I think both players, both young players, of course, but both players for me are definitely going to be up there when it comes to the MVP race. We kind of said Joel Embiid and Giannis and so on, but we kind of disregarded the younger guys, but the younger guys might be you know, the ones that show out this season and, and show the, the rest of the league that this is their league now. And with Luca, especially, I do think he's, he's got the potential to be the face of the league. Jamarant is amazing. Listen, Jamarant continues to give me young, kind of, 
a more efficient version of of, of Derek Rose. Rose. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Derek Rose is a yeah, yeah. Actually, Derek Rose is a perfect comparison. To be fair, Derek Rose is definitely someone who he he embodies. Actually, so I definitely am impressed with both guys. To be honest with you, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if one or both of them can can nab uh, that the MVP uh, this season. Of course, we'll we'll keep you updated with with the NBA as we go along with the, from all the storylines that come out of it. Uh, and so on as the season progresses. A long season to go, of course, so we'll keep you up to date with that. Finally, Yosema, we'll move on to the NFL. We t- we talked last week, to be fair, about how it's it's been a season of overperformance and underperformance. You know, the teams that you don't expect to perform are performing well, and the teams that aren't are, aren't performing well. Uh, and that's continued. You know, we've seen the Giants go to 6-1 and one now. We've seen the Vikings remain top of their conference. Obviously, the Bills were on a bye, but we expect them to keep going next week as well. So it's been it's been a fascinating season, and maybe the overall quality of quarterbacking has come down, but it's made it more of a level playing field. But I want to focus on two of the greats, you know, the the undisputed goats in in Tom Brady, and the you know the person that before Patrick Mahomes came along the person that most people said was the best on on just the eye test, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Both have struggled this season. Both teams have struggled this season in the Bucks and the uh, Packers. Both are on three and four. For you, which one of them uh, stands out to you as more of, a, more of an issue? And who's more likely to kind of not come through this period? I think for me, I've got to say Rodgers himself. I think Aaron Rodgers... And the Packers have not made the best start of the season. And I think looking at Rodgers himself, he doesn't give you that confidence that they can actually push out and get away from this stint that they're in. And I think him not... The biggest problem for me is that he doesn't trust his team and he doesn't trust the young receivers. And I think for me, that's the biggest worry for him because how do you expect the team to flourish when you've got your quarterback not trusting the rest of the team and everything flows through the quarterback and I think that's where for me it's more worrying for me looking at Rodgers rather than Brady look the second in the division which right now I don't think it's likely for them to even make the playoffs but I think they've got bigger stuff to worry about in terms of Rodgers himself whether they can find a replacement for him whether they can actually push the playoffs and I think for me Rodgers is Yes, you've got Brady, but I think Rodgers is the biggest problem that they're facing right now. Yeah, that, the thing with him is you can obviously tell the arm talent is still there. It's just like you said, he doesn't trust the young receivers. He's not targeting the young receivers. He's not, you know, like someone compared his role to like the, the role of a parent. And as a parent, you kind of, you know, you, you if, if one of the kids does something wrong or like in this case, if one of the receivers drops a pass and so on, you don't kind of say to them, don't drop the pass. You, you tell them, keep going and so on and, and kind of try and help them and, yeah. and he seems to kind of want the the ready solution but at the same time he decided to, to, to take the biggest contract on last season and and kind of get rid of his number one receiver in Devontae Adams so it's just like what do you really want here Aaron and it, it's that's an issue for the Packers because like you said I, I really don't think that there's there's a great other quarterback option for them and it's not like he's playing bad it's just like you said, he's not trusting the receivers and that's the issue for them. Do you think Minnesota obviously lead that division? Do you think that they're, obviously they're slightly overperforming at the moment, but do you think that given their remaining schedule, they're more, li- more likely to, to make it through to the playoffs? Yeah, I think 100%. 
I think they've looked, they've made the perfect start in the league itself. And I think the Packers themselves not performing to the best. And, and they've taken full account to it and they've outperformed them and the rest of the teams in the league. And I think, yeah, you're right in the sense of because they've made a really good start, they can push and hopefully make the playoffs. But I think going back to Aaron Rodgers himself, I think I was looking at his stance and his body language after the young receivers make a mistake. It's honestly not promising. And for the fans themselves, they should be worried because when they've got a quarterback that is earning big bucks and yeah, he's not playing too bad himself, but it's whether he's been a more destructive player to the team rather than being a more It's more probably a, a destructive personality rather than and anything else. But I understand where you're coming from for sure. I, I have to agree with you that, that it's probably more problematic. But with Tom Brady, I just feel like it wasn't as expected. With Rodgers, there was probably a level of expectations that maybe he wouldn't perform as high as, as he had done before, um, especially given the circumstance that he was in. But with Tom Brady coming back, retiring and retiring and so on, obviously he's he's got his personal issues off, off the field, but ignoring them, a lot of people thought that, no, nah, they're actually still got a good team. They've still got a lot of the members of, of that, that team that won the Super Bowl two years ago they still will be a dominating force and they just haven't been. And if it was just Tom Brady, you could almost excuse that. But it's just like the injuries haven't helped, of course, but the defense doesn't look nowhere near as good as it should do given Todd Bowles' speciality is is defensive um, coaching. The only thing I will say with the Tampa Bay Bucks and, and Brady, and it's kind of supporting your point, to be fair, is that I despite them not performing well, I think they are relatively safe given the weak division that they're in. Because I look at that division and you've got the Falcons who have this similar record as, as the Bucks. They're both three and four. But the Falcons have been overperforming to get the record with a more difficult schedule to come. So that that kind of... And I can't see the Buccaneers performing at this level throughout the whole season. So I think even though it's not great to see... And listen... The way that Brady is playing, a lot of people will question, is this finally the end for him? Is this the season that he decides to hang it up? What do you say? Do you think if they were... I think, like I said, they make the playoffs. I actually think they might even win a game in the playoffs because as it stands, they were playing the Giants. And I think in the playoffs, Brady will will, will take it to another level still. But let's assume they, they make the playoffs and lose in the, the first game or don't make the playoffs at all. Do you think this is the year that Tom Brady calls it a day? I think with a go, it's really sad for... Because you're so connected to him. It's sad for us to see him go. But I think you're right in the sense of this is the perfect time for him to go. I think he's reached an age where he is regarded as the best NFL player. And I think with his legendary status winning that many rings, I think it is time for him to possibly, if they don't make the playoffs or... If they do lose out, like you said, within the first stage of the playoff, I think it is time for him to hang up because I don't think he would. I don't think another team would. I think other teams would love to have him, but I think he knows himself. It's time for him to hang up his boots. And yeah, I think it's just his reputation, his legacy still lives on as the best NFL player. I wouldn't blame him for for hanging it up. Like you said, I do think it's almost like it brings it to to an end of a chapter. And and like you said, there's no shame in it. You know, at the end of the day, he's he's not a young man. He's he's in his mid forties. So 
he's already going to play at a level higher than anyone else has at this age anyway. I've got a controversial take on this. Okay. I think he's going to move teams. And oh, I, okay. I look at it and I look at it like this. What's the what's you have to think of it in both ways. What's the team that he would play for and what's a team that needs a quarterback? Right? I want to see how you feel about this. Don't even then. Don't even. I think he goes so to the 49ers. 100%. I look at the 49ers. <laughs> 49ers the 49ers at the moment possibly arguably have the strongest squad in the NFL minus the quarterback. Yeah. And obviously we've seen Trey Lance get injured out for the season, you know. That's sad to see and he's missing out on another year of development. Jimmy G's not performing like they want him to. He's turning the ball over way too much. We saw them get absolutely slapped by the Chiefs over the weekend. Yeah. They're the number one defense and they conceded 44. And on the offensive side of the ball now with Christian McCaffrey going there, they've arguably got the best offense in the league. And I feel like they're just missing a quarterback. And then we look at it. Okay, so they're a team that needs a quarterback. They're not the only one. There's a lot more. Why would Tom Brady go there? That's his team. He grew up supporting oh, the 49ers. <laughs> it uh, makes sense. It makes too much sense for him to go to the 49ers. Like honestly, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he retires. But, boy, if he goes to the 49ers... You think he'll, he'll give it one more chance? I think he gives it one more chance because I think what he says to himself is, let me go to a team that's stacked. I don't even need to perform at a high level to win. I just need to not play bad. Okay? Mm. If he goes to a team where he just needs to be competent and wins, gets a ring, furthers his legacy, the NFC is already kind of weak. If he goes to the most stacked team on there, he's definitely going to be making the Super Bowl. If he goes there and struggles, then I think he will tell himself, okay, this is probably the end because I've just gone to the best team and they've they've not performed. Okay, you Would you, as a 49ers fan, I want to take your opinion. Yeah. Would uh, you have him go back and <laughs> it'll be a short-term thing, it'll be one or two years maybe, possibly win a championship though, or would you rather see yourself stick with Trey Lance or maybe another young quarterback and, and build them up towards um, being a star? I think uh, it's a really good point that you made and logically, any 49ers fan would love to have him back. I think the player of his calibre and his stature would bring so much to the franchise itself and I think... We as 49ers fans would love to have him because he is our missing piece. We have been missing a quality quarterback that can provide everything for us and be that gel for us to actually push towards playoffs and even the Super Bowl finals. But to kind of take it away from Trey Lance himself, I think, yeah, he's been unfortunate in getting injured for the season. You stated that Jimmy G himself isn't performing and that's rightly so. But do you think that... Tom Brady would be the right answer for us, and if so, I'd like what, it. I'd like it. I'd like it to happen just for the storyline. I'll be for the nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. For the storyline, if he was to go back and win with them, and like I said, for me, Mahomes is on course to be the the greatest of all time. So that would you know put a dent in that if Brady was to win another championship. But I just wanna wanna see it for the storyline at least for one year. If it doesn't work, you've still got Trey Lance. If Brady goes there, the positive wouldn't just be him. It would be him mentoring Trey Lance as well. I think that's a big, yeah, big part of it. That's a really good point. Um, that and it'll be quite, you know, quite almost funny to see that, you know, Tom Brady is going to replace Jimmy G, who was supposed <laughs> to replace him in New England. Yeah. That'll be quite a funny one. But I think that's definitely a, a nice storyline that I'd like to see. But um, of course, we'll see what happens. And 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 guys, tomorrow night Brady takes on uh, the Ravens. So we, we'll see if if the losing streak continues there. Off the, if they manage to get back to winning ways. 
Usama, as always, bro, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thanks for coming on this week, and we'll be sure to have you on the World Cup special as well. Uh, thank you for having me, man. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us as always, and make sure to please like, share, uh, and subscribe as always. Again, a uh, big shout out and thanks to everyone for their support on the previous special, uh, and give us any ideas that you'd like us to do. Uh, until then, have an amazing week, and keep it up.